remember how good God has been to you. All the times that God's helped you. All the times that God has touched you. That he's lifted you up. Lifted you up. Thank you, Jesus. You've been good to us, God. You have been good to every person, Lord, in this room. You have seen us through some tough times, and we are still here because of your mercy and your kindness. God, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, thank you for being here tonight. You can be seated. Thank you for worshiping with our praise team. And we're looking forward to tonight. It's going to be a special youth service tonight. We are very, very thankful to have our friends Ben and Iska Eichert here with us. They've been helping us out uh, painting a house. And and they are youth pastors in Seymour, Indiana. And they do a wonderful job there. And like I said on Sunday, Sister Iska was supposed to teach our Sunday school class and she, her voice was completely gone. But I do want her to testify tonight because her voice has been restored. The Lord has done a miracle. And so I want you to welcome her as she comes. She's going to leave us a word of testimony before Brother Ben comes. That step's a little high if you're short. <laughs> well, I'm so glad to be here. Um, I don't know what you guys think the weather's like, but to me it's, like, gorgeous. When we left Seymour, it was snowing giant snowflakes and there was snow on the ground so we feel like we've entered summer even though it's I mean a little chilly but it's so nice um uh it's been a while but I a friend and I were driving um we were picking up some kids for youth and we were driving down the street that I'd gone down quite a few times but there was a house that I noticed I'd never noticed before I don't know how it was it was a gorgeous house um, and I commented, I said, wow, that house is beautiful. How have I never seen that house before? And one of the girls in the church van said, yeah, we almost bought that house, but when we went to look at it, it was so much work. The outside was really pretty, but the inside was just, it was going to need a lot of work, and it just wasn't worth it, so we didn't get it. And it kind of made me think, you know, sometimes we look at, you know, our friends or youth leaders or other people in the church, and we think, man, they have got it all together, and I am just a mess. But the truth is, even the most spiritual person in this room has been a DIY project for God. And and God had to die on the cross for every one of us. It's not like there were some people he had to die for, and then the rest of us just kind of you know, we would have had salvation anyway. God had to die for everyone, and I have not known of Chip and Joanna Gaines to ever have to die for a DIY project house. He, We are the most expensive project, but that didn't matter to God. And so this, the family who did end up buying that house, they actually, it was a lot of work, but they turned it into something gorgeous. And and it's because they put work into it. And God, God wants us to to open our doors and to let him in. And sometimes you have to rip up the floor. Sometimes you have to tear off the wallpaper. But God can do anything in our lives as long as we let him. And even in a, even in a Wednesday night youth service, I, I don't know how it is at your church, but at our church, Wednesday nights are kind of like, oh, it's Wednesday. You know, if I'm going to get something from God, it's going to be on a Sunday, but not on a Wednesday. That is not true. God is the God of Wednesdays as well. And if you will let him and if you will respond tonight, 
God can do amazing things in your life. He really can. But I'm very glad to be here with you guys. And the praise team did an awesome job. You guys are wonderful, wonderful. Um, boys, I didn't see any boys up here. So I don't know. I think, I think you need a tenor section. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But anyway, it's good. Well, grab a microphone. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, anyway, okay, I'll shut up now. Yeah, so challenge to the guys out there. Get it together. Start worshiping the Lord. Yeah, make a phone call. Yeah, uh -huh, whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, we're certainly glad that that um, they that Ben and Iska are here, and we want uh, Ben's going to come and he's going to preach to us tonight. And they are just excellent friends of ours. We went to Africa with them. If you remember our Africa trip, we went with Ben and Iska. And since we've been to Africa, they have added a new member to the family, and we don't want to go without recognizing the most important Ikerd, and that is Judah. And so we are so glad that he is here and been hanging out with Sage. And give Sage a buddy. So we're thankful that they are here. But I love Ben very much, and I want him to come and preach to us. So I want you to listen. I want you to give your attention. And like Sister Iska said, God can do anything tonight in your life. Anything is possible tonight. So open up your heart. Open up your mind. Let's pay attention. Let's welcome Brother Ben as he comes to preach to us. We're glad that they're here. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be here with the young people in your guys' service. This is such a cool setup in here. I, I remember coming in here when I was at IBC and I didn't think you could make this room into a, I don't know, a sanctuary, I guess. It's got a sound system and it's really nice. You guys are, uh, are blessed. Um, I just want to tell you that you guys have a wonderful youth pastor, Jared and Nikki Turner, are some fantastic people and they are look up they they are looked up to and respected um, by many more people than you realize um, you you guys are blessed to have them there's not every youth pastor is is like yours so you guys don't forget that who brought their bibles tonight Raise your hand if you brought your Bible tonight. We have one. No, an iPad doesn't count. <laughs> so I might be a little more teachy tonight instead of preachy. Um, sometimes young people listen better if they're not yelled at. So maybe, I don't know. Um, I, I, uh, I really, I'm not a, a great preacher. I don't have a lot of experience, but, um, I do like trying to make an impact on the young people in Seymour, Indiana, where I'm the youth pastor. And most of the time it's, it's, I just always kind of naturally lean towards teaching. So I don't get really shouty. Um, maybe one day I will, but for now I'm just kind of 
I'm pretty easygoing, and that's usually how I come across behind the pulpit as well. So if you could turn in your Bible for the one person that will be. <laughs> no. if you, um, so we're going to look at two scriptures tonight, one from the book of Ephesians and one from the book of Psalms. Um, Psalm. So Ephesians 5.26 says, Sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So this is talking about the, the husband and the wife, but it's also, you can take this scripture and get a lot more from it by just reading that over and over again, sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So what's that mean? It's, it's saying the word of God cleans us like it, it it cleans us spiritually the word of god is like a dawn dish soap i don't know whatever you use at home trader joe's so we would all agree uh the world is a dirty place in sixth grade we had um the drug guy uh dare he came to our school and um, I vaguely remember it now. But I remember one thing that he said, because it was catchy and funny, and it just, like, clicked, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And he was a manly guy, and he was up there, and I think he came, like, in his police uniform or something, or a knockoff police uniform, who knows. And he said, you hang out with dirt bags, and guess what? You're going to get dirty. And I thought that was hilarious. It was like a play on words. It was true, but it was also like a play on words. And I just thought it was funny. If you hang out with dirtbags, you're going to get dirty. And um, that's always kind of stuck with me. And I still remember it to this day, obviously. Uh, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and now I'm 26. Um, so... You hang out their bags, you get dirty. So that's, that's, that's not in the scripture, but it makes a lot of sense, right? So the world, the world around us is a dirty place, right? It's a, it's a mess out there. It's a mess. Um, you hang out with their bags, you get dirty. So it's, it, I don't, we can avoid only so much, um, as Christians trying to live a, a pure, holy life, trying to not um, keep our minds and hearts pure and our thoughts pure, sometimes it's, it's, it's near impossible. You, it's, you would have to almost live in a cave to, to not encounter bad things around you because it just, it just happens. The term is sheltered, right? You're so sheltered. We use terms like that. But as, as Christians, we, we want to be different, but it's, we're just surrounded by a lot of stuff that we're trying to, to, to not fall into ourselves. So staying pure can, can seem so hard sometimes 
and so impossible. But we, the Word of God says and shows us that we can live life and be clean and be pure and be in the world and not of the world. So in Psalm, Psalm 119, I'm going to read it starting at verse 1, and I'm going to read um, to verse 11. And kind of the key verse in here is verse 9, and I'll tell you when we get to it. So this is probably, this is, I, I believe this is King David, and he's, he's just given wisdom here. He says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. So I'm just going to give you a time out. If you listen to this scripture, it's, it says things over and over again. And he's kind of alluding to the word of God. So who walk in the law of the Lord. And then he said, blessed are they that keep his testimonies. So he's referring to the Bible again. And that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways, in God's ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. So he's referring to the Bible again. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. What are the Lord's statutes? They're in here. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. Commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. His judgments. He's talking about the Bible again. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. And here's, pay attention to this verse. This is verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. So he's saying, how does, a, how, is, how does a young man stay pure? How does a young man, a young woman stay pure? And he says, listen to the word of God. That's, this is King David right here. And he says, ending in a question mark, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And he answers it by taking heed thereto according to thy word, thy word, the word of God. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. An interesting, um, like I don't know if you were here on Sunday, but I had mentioned that we were reading through the Old Testament. And the, the laws for the Israelites, one thing that is interesting is whether they sinned knowingly or unknowingly, they were still breaking the law, whether they were aware of it or not. And even if they were unaware, they were still guilty of that sin, and they had to make a sacrifice for the sin that they were unaware of. So when I get dirty, when I start smelling, I take a shower. I don't, I don't have dirt all over my face. I just know it's time to take a shower. I'm smelly. 
I don't I don't see stuff all over me. I'm not covered in mud and have flies around my head. But I know it's time to take a shower. It's time to get clean again. Even though I, I don't necessarily see my dirtiness. So we don't necessarily see the sin in our lives sometimes. Sometimes we are completely oblivious to sin in our lives. And we think we're doing fine. We think we are doing a great job and coming to church. But in reality, we're totally stinky. And it's, it's, it's time to take a shower. It's, it's time to get in the Word of God and read the Word of God until it starts. It's, it's like taking a flashlight and pointing it towards yourself and starting to look in all the nooks and crannies of your heart and realizing that you, that you have some stuff that you never even realized was in there. Sometimes we, we get so oblivious to our own sin. I th- it's always so easy to see mistakes in others. It's always easy to point out imperfections. Um, it's funny. So this, this, in sixth grade, the same, same teacher, same class, that I told you about that if you hang out with dirt bags, you get dirty. The same class, we, um, we had a, it was called Current Events, and you got up and you shared a story from the newspaper, and it couldn't be from the sports section, it had to be a story. And so there was a rotation, and two people did it, I think, every Wednesday. And so the class, after they finished, the class was able to critique. And so Mr. Miller, our teacher, he always said, okay, we have to have three things that are said that are positive before we can have three things that are negative. Because if he didn't say that, it was so much easier to say, well, you didn't talk loud enough. I didn't hear you. Or you forgot this. Did you, did you even notice you forgot that? And you're supposed to say that. So it's, it's a little harder sometimes to, to find the positive. And the negative always just seems to kind of jump out at us. But even more so, um, it's hard to see our own lives. It's like first person and third person. First person is, is just like in video games. It's just your view from your eyes. You don't really see yourself. But then third person, you can like usually see like your shoulders in the back of your head. And a lot of times, we just kind of are in life first person view. And every once in a while, somebody will say something, and we'll think it's really rude, and it'll kind of hurt our feelings. And then we go home, and we start scratching our head, and they said that we're a total jerk. And you think, no, I'm not a jerk. And then, and even though you don't like the person, here you are the next day or that same night, and you're laying in bed, and you're like, am I a jerk? I don't, I don't know. Am I kind of? Well, and you start thinking things, you're like, ah, wait a second, yeah, I'm that was kind of mean. Like, yeah, maybe I am a jerk. And then all of a sudden, you were offended by it at first, but it kind of just just enough for you to look at yourself and realize, oh, like that's a problem. Um, in the Bible, in the Word of God, it's um, I can't think of the exact scripture, but it says 
even even a young man has a reputation. So if you think it's not that important because I'm 14 years old, it's not that important because I'm 16 years old, your reputation, you already have a reputation. Um, we have a lot of kids in our youth group, and I'll just, I'll be honest, if there's a 13-year-old and he lies to me, he's a liar, right? Even though he's just a kid, and I would never look at his face and say, you're a liar. Well, I don't know, maybe I would if he was being that bad, but he's a, he's, he's a, he's just, he's just a boy, 12, 13, or a girl, and they've developed a reputation as a 12 or 13-year-old, or a thief. I had an iPod go missing in the youth room at church. So, and I don't know who it was, so they don't have the reputation of being a thief, but if I ever see that iPod. <laughs> so, is, even though you guys don't realize it, you, the, the dirtiness in your life that sometimes you don't even really see you guys are, you are developing a name for yourself. If I went to Pastor Isaacson and I said, Who's, who are the best kids in the youth group? And he said, oh, I love them all. They're, they're all the best. They all are just, he, he would probably uh, say a few specific names, even as parents Parents always say, I love, I love all my kids. I love them equally. I don't have any favorites. <laughs> but, so, is that, is that how our reputations are? Is, as a young person, you can be known as being a hard worker. We, uh, the youth had a work day. Some of the young people, I couldn't believe how lazy they were. As 13, 14, 15-year-olds, I was shocked. One of them, we were cleaning up a guy's backyard, and he had a lot of property. And he, I think he was paying us all $10 an hour. And I was trying to make sure all the kids worked, all the young people worked. And there was one of the young boys got behind a, a fallen tree and laid down and was taking a nap. That's that it's hilarious, I know. That's what that's what I thought. But what is what is the man that hired us think of him? You say, well, he's just a kid. I mean, he's just taking a nap. I mean, come on. Like, it's not a big deal. It's just ten bucks an hour. But he's he's developing a name for himself. And if we get asked back and that man says, can you just bring me four or five guys? He will not be my first choice. <laughs> he wouldn't be yours either. So we, it's, it's, it's very hard to be, I, I can't go up to that boy and say, hey, stop being lazy. Stop sleeping behind us, behind a tree or a stump, you lazy bum. Get, get over there and work. 
I have to just kind of chuckle and be like, hey, heard, heard you got a nap in. So I can only say so much. Same with your, with your youth pastor. He's, he's not going to sit you down and say, hey, uh, here's your progress report. Um, you haven't been to prayer and page turn. Page. I, I don't, well, I don't know when you went to prayer, actually. Or, um, hey, so our Bible reading plan, what Bible reading plan? Oh, um, well, so he, we, when I went to Bible school, one of the first classes was with Brother Kilman, the dean of the theology guy, and he's like a smart dude. He's a smart dude. He like reads a ton, knows a lot of scripture, kind of talks fast, says a lot of fast, says a lot of stuff that I don't really understand. That just kind of like makes me respect him more. Um, so here I was, it was, so I came from Alaska, that's where I grew up, and I wanted to go and get like, um, I don't know, a degree at Bible school, just like it sounded, sounded awesome. So here I was in class, and they passed out a blank paper, and he said, this was like the first day in this class, and they said, okay, write down all the scriptures that you can think of. I was like, okay. Uh, Acts 238. Uh, Acts 2.39. <laughs> and you start looking around and everybody's like, oh, oh, right, 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 right. You're like, man, they're going to be writing the whole five minutes. And so I'm, uh, I better like scribble, 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 scribble. Everybody's still writing. We still have three minutes to go. So here I was going to Bible school, Indiana Bible College. It's not called Indiana Music College. It's called Indiana Bible College. And it was like kind of one of those moments of what I'm talking about, where you kind of realize I'm not quite probably where I need to be. I'm I'm not as prepared for the task at hand as I thought I was. Me and Brother Jared talked at lunch today about when we think that we sh- we want to be where God wants us to be but we also think you know is am i um are my are my talents where they need to be and am i do i fit am i doing well enough at my at at my at the task at hand and sometimes we think we're doing very well have you have you ever have you guys played any sports where the guy thinks what's it called showboating he thinks he's really good and he's like he scores a touchdown and he's like juking and jiving and oh wow wow and and then and then he just like s- some guy comes and he's 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 going for his next touchdown whatever some dude just blindsides him and just lays him down 
and they're dragging the guy off the field. You know, you know how it is. I, you know, you think you're the fastest runner until the next guy is twice as fast as you and you're eating his dust. Are you the fastest guy? Yeah, yeah. The, don't forget, there's always somebody better than you. And that's something else that I learned going to IBC. I went to IBC thinking, I'm, I got all the solos at my church. I, I got to play guitar. I was pretty much the most talented person in Alaska. I'm joking. But you begin to kind of like think pretty highly of yourself until it's like, oh, real world, you're not that great. Haha. Uh-huh. But it's, it's, it takes usually a little embarrassment for us to realize what's in our own life. Because when, when we get so, it's just, it's hard to look in our own hearts. But what this scripture tells me in Psalm is the best thing that I can do for my life is read the word of God because it will teach me more than any self-help book out there. The word of God will help me more than the, the most famous, most successful men in this world because the principles that those men will probably tell me will more than likely all be principles that I can find in my Bible and they'll just dress it up with a bow. Um, I don't think reading my Bible is super easy. I don't go home and grab a cup of coffee and say, hmm, I'm just going to relax and just soak up the Word of God. It's Now, I know that sounds really carnal, but, okay, things in life that we think are worthwhile usually are going to take some sweat or some hard work to get to. And if you want to be a doctor, <laughs> I remember one girl in our youth group, she wanted to be a brain surgeon. And she was one of those people that you just kind of laughed when they said they wanted to be a brain surgeon because it probably takes some work to be a brain surgeon. And this person wasn't like a huge fan of work. And so you can put two and two together and and – and take a wild guess if she's a brain surgeon or not. So if you want a nice new car and you win the lottery, congrats, you can go get a nice new car. But for most of us, it's going to it's going to take work. And usually okay, so what is it? If it's it's what are our phrases? It's too good to be true. Phrases in life like we like to take the path of least resistance. If, if there's any resistance involved, we just kind of bounce off and go another way. Um, the things in life that come easy are usually nothing special, right? The things in life that are easy are easy for a reason. So, but the things that take work are usually the things that everybody wants, but we don't want to do the footwork to get them. We all want to be called. Who wouldn't want to be called a man of God? Who wouldn't want to be the person that people go to and ask for advice and say, D- you know, teach me, give, give me some good wisdom. And 
But none of us want to be the person that reads their Bible all the time and makes sacrifices and, you know, leaves the sports team to give more time for God. And that's that's really everything in life. The the treasures in life, the Proverbs compares the word of God and wisdom and those things like he calls they gold and rubies and precious stones. And that's not, you have to work to get those things. And I, myself, I have to work. I have to discipline myself. If you want to be the best guy on the football team, you have to work for it, right? You have to do some training. You have to watch your diet. It takes it takes discipline. But you want the rewards. And so as as young people, if you want the the rewards of a good Christian life, you have to put in you have to invest your your own life into into what you're wanting. You I tell I tell the young people, okay, what do you guys want to be when you grow up? And the first girl raises her hands and she says she wants to be a teacher. And the next says they want to be a nurse. I say, okay, so what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to go to college. Okay, so what are you going to do at college? I'm going to go to classes. Okay, are you going to have homework? Yeah, I'm going to have homework. Okay, are you going to have to read and study? Yeah, yeah, uh, you'll probably, I'll, I'll probably have to read and study. Okay, are you going to have tests and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so why do we think being a Christian and having a walk with God is any different? We, we, we can't be a, this is, this is like our class material. We, it's something that we have to study and learn about. And it's easy to not study, not, not try, because we get preached to on Sunday. But imagine somebody that doesn't do any work outside of class and goes to class. Soon they're just kind of, they're going to be left behind. And the, the preacher, whatever he's saying, will eventually kind of, it, it's going to go over your head, and you're not going to understand things, and it's going to be harder to grasp concepts, just like in a regular class. Whereas if, if a young person is, is actively seeking God in their life and doing their best, putting forth a valiant effort, trying to get on a Bible reading plan and understand the Word of God better, that person, when they go to church on Sunday, is going to get so much more out of the preaching than the person that hasn't read their Bible all week. Why? Because it's just like a class, you you understand more because when the pastor preaches something and you just read it in your Bible, it's like your mind is blowing up. You're like, oh, my word. Oh, my word. I, I know this. So I would, in, I would encourage you guys to just realize that what you are given for free is usually neglected 
But what you have to work for in life, you take care of. If you have to work hard for something, when you get it, it's a, like it's a special thing to you. It's, it's a special reward, and you take care of it. But when you're given something for free as a gift, often it's, it's kind of neglected. You don't, they, the, the best thing I can think of is a car. If somebody had to work very hard and they bought their vehicle when they were 16 and they, they had been saving money since they were 12, birthday money, whatever, and they went out and they bought a car, I guarantee you they would take good care of it. If somebody turned 16 and their parents bought them a car or their grandparents bought them a car or whatever, or they, they just inherited a vehicle, they will never look at that vehicle like the kid that paid for it with his own money. And like living for God, the person that just kind of takes the freebies and you just go to Sunday, Sunday church and Wednesday church, and you don't get a personal walk with God, it's it's not you're it's never gonna be something that you truly care about and treasure because you haven't put in personal time with God. So um, if the music could come or if, if you guys could um, stand up with me, let's, if we could just have a time of devotion, like I said, it's, we take a shower before we ever get filthy dirty because we, we just know it's time and we should daily be asking God, Lord, I know there's things in my heart that should not be in here. It's easy to pick a weed when it's tiny. But the bigger it gets, the harder it is to get rid of. So we should, we should be so careful of the, the things that are in our heart. What we watch, what we read, the people we hang around with. It's choose your friends wisely. Um, they have a a bigger impact than you think. So if you could find a place to pray, um, and just like David's prayer in Psalm 119, he says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It's not your parents' job. It's not your pastor's job. It's on you. It's on you to, to dig into the Word of God and get a relationship with Him. In Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. Jesus. Search my heart, O oh Lord. Search my heart, O oh Lord. Jesus.